Thank you for listening to BMO Business Unplanned. If you liked today's episode and would like more information, you can download the ebook for the show. Today's ebook is all about how to properly manage your cash flow. Get started and stay in the know today. Download your free ebook at bmo.com slash managing cash flow, or check the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to Business Unplanned, a business podcast brought to you by BMO. I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is part three of a four-part series entitled, How to Work On, Not In Your Business. This audio comes from our virtual event held on June 7th, 2022. In this episode, I'm joined by Dana Leeson, Director and Controller for Moneris. So we're gonna be talking about how to balance business cash flow and managing inflation and supply distribution and what opportunities there are for businesses to get ahead. For additional resources, you can visit bmo.com slash smallbusinessresourcehub. Dana Leeson, I want to welcome you, Director and Controller at Moneris. So I guess to start off, new and growing businesses might experience cash shortfalls, especially during years when they have the most significant growth. How can a business balance growth in today's economic climate, but still remain in a healthy financial position? Demand is up, driving higher prices, and energy costs are higher than ever. So supply chain issues and labor shortages are putting further pressure on prices. All these factors are contributing to inflation around the world. So businesses need to be agile to adapt. And with the challenging economic circumstances, businesses might find themselves with less of a cash buffer. So the first step to managing your cash flow successfully is ensuring that you understand your needs. So having a forecast of the business's cash flow for incoming receipts and outgoing cash disbursements is critical. Ideally, a short-term forecast should be up to 13 weeks out on a daily basis, whereas longer-term cash forecasts can be done on a weekly or monthly basis, one to two years in the future for planning of larger investments or acquisitions. So forecasting cash flow begins with having access to detailed and reliable reporting tools. So for Moneris Merchants, as an example, we have a system, Merchant Direct, gives business owners a monthly statement covers settled debit and credit transactions that were processed, as well as a thorough breakdown of fees. And as a result, it's a great starting point for business owners who want to monitor their cash flow. We also offer a peer reporting feature updated monthly. It can be helpful to serve as a benchmark. So it allows owners to see how their net sales performance compares against their industry. And then in order to manage cash flow gaps, having a line of credit to draw on is always a good idea. And I'm sure Robert can help with that as well as an overdraft as this can act as a cushion when needed. Alternatively, a commercial credit card can be used for purchasing items. So this can help delay payments to a later time to reserve your cash balances. A business should always prioritize their payments like their payroll taxes and key suppliers first. But many companies are also working with their preferred suppliers to extend payment terms to 60 days. So pay your suppliers when their invoices are due and not before in order to preserve cash flows. Utilize a corporate credit card when you're able to as this not only delays payment, but business can receive cash back or credit card rewards on their purchases. So that's another way of generating some cash flow. Now to ensure cash flows are healthy, business owners should clearly establish payment terms so that they are agreed upon by your customers. Most customers will start the clock ticking from the date of the receipt of the invoice, not the date of the document. Therefore, completing billing promptly is important and not to procrastinate. Businesses should try to give customers as many payment options as possible, including credit card and EFT when paying invoices. 
if the payment options are convenient and easy, the client's much more likely to pay quickly. So if possible, you could also incentivize your clients to pay early by including interest rate charges in your contract if the client pays later than, say, 45 to 60 days. And looking at ways to automate payment reminders if a bill remains unpaid. Another option, if the business margins allow, is to offer discounts for early payments. Many customers are happy to pay early if it means they can take a discount. But again, not all margins allow for this. Now, to manage supply chain disruptions, business shouldn't put all their eggs in one basket. So while business needs to have the lowest cost possible, it's also important to minimize disruptions and ensure they're able to fulfill customer orders. And diversify suppliers as much as possible and have longer-term contracts or preferred suppliers in place so that they can give preference in the event of a supply chain disruption. You don't want to be in the position of not being able to fulfill an order. And as I mentioned earlier, Cash forecasting is important for businesses to maintain healthy cash flows. And I think Michael referred to this earlier when he was saying companies need to get back to basics, but a business should also be regularly forecasting and planning their financials, reviewing actuals, revenues, expenses, and net income against their budget in order to measure how the business is performing against its objectives. This will then enable the company to course correct as necessary review your product lines, your revenue streams that require additional focus, and eliminate any unprofitable products possibly or address any pricing adjustments that may be required, especially during inflationary times such as now. Lastly, looking for efficiencies, whether it be through automation or opportunities to reduce costs is another way businesses can look to improve their bottom line. Michael, what's your take on all this? You ran a high-growing company, a very fast-growing company for a long time. You see this in the market right now, not only when times are bad, but when times are really good and you're growing quickly, you run out of cash and you've got to struggle to make payroll, to pay your suppliers. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the basics again. I will challenge you to take a look and actually, how much do you really know about your numbers and your growth? I would say it's been very intoxicating the past three years, four years, five years. I know we had that little shock kind of in April, but the stock market turned around in like 90 days and then liquidity came back because they put in trillions of dollars to pump everything up. I think we've just frankly been asleep. I think companies for the past couple of years have raised money by just raising their hand. Money was essentially free. I mean, in Europe, you were like 0% interest rate, literally free, literally. I think in Germany, it was negative interest rates. You get paid to take debt or something crazy in a mortgage there. And essentially in America, it was like under 1%. So money was free and money was being shoveled into the market. So VCs and private equity people just couldn't put enough in. And that raised all boats and it was easy. And I think it was intoxicating. It's probably, and uh, Robert made a point earlier about mortgage rates. I don't know, you talk to the average, someone in their 20s that just had a home, I got a mortgage. They think having a mortgage at one and a half or 2% is like not bad. I mean, that's a 200-year low in interest rates. 200 years. It's abnormally low. But you were to think if you're in your 20s getting your first house, like, this is great. This is like, okay, did you get two or one and a half or something silly? I think we've been asleep at the switch. I think that everything reverts to the mean. And I think if interest rates go up another 2 3%, that's going to be since World War II or the, the 40s or the 50s, it comes back to the average, which it should be at 4 or 5%, which should be a normal number. And I just think that we've been lulled into it for a while here. And I think we have to go back to basics. And you have to understand that the gravy train, the cash train is going to be turned off a little bit. It's not going to be so easy. 
to raise money. So get profitable, look at your numbers, and be super critical on what you're doing. We should have called this session Get Profitable because you. <laughs> I think that's the message you've hit a number of times here. It's a great message. So Dana, the pandemic shifted consumer behavior in a big way. Are you expecting a lot of businesses to start giving up their brick and mortar storefronts in favor of just online stores? Well, you're right. The pandemic has definitely shifted consumer behavior quite a bit. We've definitely seen some stores have closed or downsized during the pandemic. But there's still we're still seeing a strong demand for brick and mortar stores as many consumers prefer to see and feel the goods before purchasing them. So I think what we'll see is that businesses will need to have a good balance of both a strong brick and mortar presence as well as online stores. So we'll see more restaurants offering both in-person dining as well as delivery and takeout options as customers' needs have definitely changed over the last two years. So while consumers are returning to dining in restaurants, they've also become accustomed to the convenience of delivery and there's a strong balance for both. So. I think we're going to see more of a, a shift to a good balance in the future. And what are some of the best practices for setting up your successful e-commerce business? Well, when setting up an e-commerce business, firstly, a business has to determine their business model. Are they keeping and shipping their own inventory? Are they drop shipping goods whereby when a customer places an order, the business sources the order to a vendor who then directly ships the client? Drop shipping requires lower investment and overhead costs, but you're also relying on a, a vendor to fulfill and ship the orders. So that can come with some potential drawbacks as well. It's also very important when setting up an online website presence to ensure you have proper fraud tools such as 3DS, and that protects against chargebacks caused by fraud. It's important to make fraud protection a priority as fraudsters look for easy vulnerabilities to exploit. And sadly, we've seen how they've been taking advantage of businesses during COVID to use friendly fraud or chargeback fraud while businesses have been changing their process. So when accepting payments online, using fraud prevention tools is key. There's things like 3DS 2.0 and count, which will verify the cardholder's identity. It's using SMS confirmation biometrics, and it will detect and notify you of suspicious activity such as multiple transactions from a single card, unusual order sizes, and transactions verified with 3DS 2.0 also shift the chargeback liability to the cardholder. So it further protects the business from fraud losses. So if you're offering delivery, also ensure you have tracking or confirmation of delivery receipts because non-delivery of goods is one of the major causes for chargeback disputes. So ensuring that your return refund and cancellation policies are clearly stated for the cardholder to see and acknowledge at the time of the sale, whether online order confirmation or on the receipt. These are all great measures that business can do to protect themselves from chargebacks. Now that we're returning to a pre-pandemic activities, we're getting back to life as we knew it more or less. What are some new and innovative ways businesses can re-engage their communities and their customer bases to actually get them back into the store? That's an interesting question. Well, consumers have been cooped up for two years and they're anxious to get back out there. So we're seeing that consumer spending is up significantly in restaurants, hotels, and entertainment. So there's many ways a business can re-engage their customer base and communities, whether it be through loyalty programs to reward repeat customers, giveaways, focusing on customer experiences, such as in-store fashion shows, musicians, entertainment, Children-friendly play zones are just some of the examples of customer experiences that can attract business in store. But 
while we're doing more things in person again, maintaining your online presence is still important for generating in-store traffic. So things like participating in your community online. So for every niche and neighborhood, you can find relevant communities online, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or online forums. You can get to know your neighbors online who run the storefront offices near you. Follow them on their official social media. It makes it more likely for local consumers in the area to find you. And find out if the business improvement area or the neighborhood association has a community forum and make sure the locals know who you are and that your business is nearby to support them. Sharing content online helps the consumer get to know you for your expertise. So offering quick tips or organizing a webinar or a live Instagram Q&A is a good way to build your brand, generate awareness for your business, and set up and keep official websites and social media accounts up to date. That's important. Your website and social media accounts are the first places your consumer searches to check information regarding hours, services, and safety protocols. So having these channels set up also gives you a chance to answer customer questions in advance with FAQs. Thank you for listening to Business Unplanned, a podcast brought to you by BMO. For more information on how you can prepare your business for the future, visit bmo.com slash smallbusinessresourcehub. BMO Smarter Investing is a podcast that will help you make smarter investing decisions. Join top BMO economists, Douglas Porter, Sal Gautieri, and Jennifer Lee for monthly insights on markets, economy, growth, inflation, and so much more. A deep dive into the trends and developments impacting our world today. Tune in to BMO Smarter Investing wherever you listen to podcasts.